Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. We are back. Welcome, welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. This is one of your fabulous three hosts, Ross Weitzer, and I have the miraculous Judy Thurison to have a chit chat with me today. Judy, hello. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I know this has been a while in the making. I feel like we've been, yeah, it's just been, there's been like wonderful anticipation to meeting each other. Yes. But I feel like I already know you because I've been stalking you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've been watching your videos and I just love, I, I think I mentioned to you, I don't know if it was directly or indirectly, but your podcast with John uh, Patrick, that's yeah. his name? John Patrick Morgan. And, yes. John Patrick Morgan. I was driving, listening to the podcast, watching the video of you guys, and I'm just bawling in my car by myself. And it just resonated so much. I can't tell you exactly what it was that was said, but I think that's the whole spirit of this podcast, right? It's the being, it's how we're feeling from the experience. And um, it it was a really huge moment for me because it was right before I hosted the ultimate experience event, the live event, and that podcast helped solidify for, for me that the place that I was coming from to host this event was from a place of being loving. Mm. And that that's, if that's all I could do, I can't lose. Right. Mm. If everything, my intention create this event was from a place of love, then it was already a win no matter what happened. So I want to thank you personally, because it was that podcast that really just wrecked me and helped to peel off the layers of why are you doing this? Why are you stressed out? What what are you trying to prove? And it just when you peel back all the layers, the root, the bottom foundation was love. Mm. Isn't it isn't it so beautiful to think about one message, one conversation Every listener is just relating it to it in their own world. And one conversation between two people can have this ripple impact in all these unique different ways. Judy is connecting to love, hosting an event. Uh, X, Y, and Z are trying to relate better as parents. And we're just talking about being a specific quality, like love, for example. And whoever hears it, hears it in relation to what is the momentary discomfort or challenge and then applying it into that area of their life. Oh, good. Yeah. And I never met you or, or John Patrick. And so you don't even have to know the people to get something out of it. Right. It's so powerful. That was my first ever interview or podcast or anything. And I was, (laughs) I was being nervous. For sure. (laughs) But you know what I loved about it is you both 
were so in the moment that that authenticity is really what drew me in, right? How boring is to have this perfect podcast, announcer, interviewer, all the right questions, all the right answers. It's boring. There's a million of those out there, right? But I think when you can be in the moment, realizing that you're maybe not super present and grounded and then reel yourself back in. Like I saw both you and, and John Patrick do that. And it was so beautiful because for me, authenticity is not something you read in a book. There's not like, oh, here's five steps to authenticity. It's really modeled behavior. And that's what I love about the book of being, the ultimate coach book, the, the Facebook group that we have is you have so many people modeling this authenticity that we're all able to be role models for each other. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And there's so many different flavors. We have the concept of being, but everyone's beingness is a unique flavor. And society tries to make us one plain vanilla or chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love your, your moniker, right? The Maverick. I, I like that you like to uh, push, push the envelope and, and, and stir the pot a little bit. And uh, that's really great. I think we need that. Get out of the vanilla and chocolate, right? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. So, so what Judy is referring to is I heard the word Maverick and I looked up the definition of it and it's a unique independent minded person who's unorthodox. And I was like, Oh, I love that. That's me. I'm the Maverick. And it's interesting because I, I use that term now, but that it wasn't as if I set out on this path, I'm going to be the Maverick. It was, I do not want to be the way I've been brought up and led to believe I must be to make it in this world, which was being for the sake of validation, being for the sake of status. And then I did that and it didn't work. So I go, I need to discover a different way of being and discover how do I be so that I can internally feel love, joy, happiness, freedom, and expansion. And it just so turned out that the being of that was so radically different than the being that I grew up in that it just seems like I'm unorthodox. It just seems like I'm unique when really I just went the other path. And that's why it's the maverick path because it's just, it's just seemingly different. Is that something that you noticed growing up where you kind of, out of the box, maybe black sheep, <laughs> rebel, maverick from the very beginning? Yes. And it got numbed down by uh, educational pressure. And I say yeah. that because I was a student who had a lot of energy. And that's bad because the school system wants me sitting in a chair for eight hours. So I was on ADD medication for seven years and those seven years my life my, my soul was just buried in the sand and a lot of that independence was drowned out yeah yeah i'm so sorry i'm in the middle of a podcast <laughs> sorry no problem we're, we're real life here live yeah, no, no problem at all yeah i actually i totally get that and um i homeschooled my kids for that reason because my kids 
shown this um, just gifted personality, artist, expressive, you know, very smart, and being in school tried to put them in a box, right? So this is a, a podcast slamming education in school, but <laughs> just speaking from my personal experience, um, really allowing them to explore, you know, their desires, their needs, their things that interested them. Mm. And it was a beautiful journey. So I totally validate what you're saying and get that. And, and sadly, that happens so much, right? How many people get numbed out? How many people, um, their creativity just gets snuffed out? Almost everybody. Quickly, Judy, I want to go back to that moment where there was an interruption. Because yeah. I have this question, why does... I don't, would you call this like the entertainment industry, like a podcast <laughs> or the educational industry? Why does the, Maybe both. yeah. Why do these things get edited out? What, what is, what does it convey when we edit that moment out? Doesn't it convey the message of perfection? Because yes. how beautiful is that moment? Oh, Judy is just like the rest of us who has children and a partner that life and why are we constantly trying to make up artists our life and to be something that it's not? What a great question. And to be honest, to be in the moment, right? Uh, sentences back, we're talking about authenticity and not being perfect and yada, yada. And then here this moment happens and I'm completely off kiltered. I'm annoyed. I'm like, hello, can't you see we're doing a podcast over here? And to your point, like, why, why, why can't that be okay? Why did it, why did it make me, you know, why did it irritate me? And I think you're, you're so, we're so conditioned and so groomed to put everything perfect in a little box. And that's what we present to the world. So I appreciate you bringing it back to that because this is what this podcast is all about right how can we just mm. be yeah how can we be real authentic just vulnerable be open flaws <laughs> and all so you should be like get the hell out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's what i wanted to say and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my husband said it's because it was me <laughs> Look how interesting this is, though. Look at what we sacrifice at the expense of what we actually truly love. So, and it's, it's, it's habitual. It's conditioned into us. Truthfully, who do you love more? You, well, this is an interesting question. But yeah, who do, you, who do you have a more loving, intimate relationship with? Your husband or the Ultimate Coach podcast? Great question. Great question. I love that because... Man, that just keeps it real, right? But how many times do we we do sacrifice that? Even, you know, let's just keep it real. If my husband and I are having an issue, an argument, you know, or if there's conflict happening and I'm heated and I'm, you know, maybe raising my voice or being, you know, just not really kind. And then somebody rings the doorbell and I open the door. Hi, how are you? <laughs> welcome right the tone changes body language changes um so yeah in that moment I'm not being completely being authentic right like I can say all day long oh yeah I'm 
really authentic. I'm real. I'm this. But those are the moments that show like, oh, you know how to turn it on and off. <laughs> and, and we all do that. Right. Sometimes we're not even aware that we do that. Mm. Yeah, I I'm a part of this Taoism spirituality school. And the way in which the an aspect of how the mind is taught is that we have three minds. There's there's three versions of us. There's who we think we are. There's who we pretend to be. And there's the one we really are. So who we think we are is that voice inside of our head, which is just a conditioning from our past, our education, our culture, our life experiences that leads to this. Nah, 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 nah. And then there's the one we pretend to be. And that's what we're talking about, where we put on this show and this different persona depending on our context. So I might talk differently with my husband than I would on a podcast where it's like, I'm really like in this mood, but then I jump on the podcast and I'm in this mood. And then when I'm with my boss, I, you know, I button up my tie and I put on this fake persona when I'm with friends, when I'm with family, it's like, wow, how many different false versions of me am I playing in one day? And then there's who we really are is when we strip all of that back who is the essence of Ross's being? Who is the essence of Judy's being? And what would the consistency look like if that was webbed out through all relationships? Yeah, that's beautiful. I have, a, I have my own personal gauge on that. And I say this often is that when your inside matches your outside, then you're being authentic. Mm. Right. And I, I try to do that as much as I can. And like I said, a lot of it is not even conscious behavior, but the more we peel back those layers and to my point earlier, the more that we watch each other and, and, and see each other, um, you know, be that example of vulnerability and authenticity, it gives us permission to do that, right? I mean, isn't that why we all love Steve Hardison? Because he is just goofy and he will dance anywhere and he will say anything and he's so in the moment. He'll call anyone. He'll, you know, talk to anybody. And uh, I think that attracts, you know, attracts me to somebody like him because it gives me permission to say, oh, wow, I can do that too. I can be goofy and dance in the middle of the street and talk to strangers. And we actually did that when we were at Disneyland recently for a, a little family vacation. Um, you know, we were really immersed in this book of being and my husband and I have read the book and, you know, we talk about it. And, and so well, while we were in line, this like hour long line, instead of being irritated, it's hot, we're hungry, we're cranky. We really use that time to connect with the people around us and get to know people in the line with us. And my kids who are teenagers are looking at us like we're crazy. Like, why are you talking to strangers? <laughs> I said, they're not strangers. We're all one. And they're like, well, how do you know they're not, you know, serial killers or, or whatever. And so I, I think like, it's great. We're in Disney world. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Happiest place on earth. Right. <laughs> but I love that we get to model that for our kids. Right. And I mean, but how many of us were taught don't talk to strangers and so now we're modeling oh yeah talk to strangers just connect love each other and, and be one <laughs> well well actually think about how interesting 
of a contradiction it is. It's okay to talk to strangers. Wait a second, did I just use the word stranger? It's like, I actually still refer to them with the word stranger. Yeah, yeah. No, the stranger is one. Wait, I just said the stranger is different, but then he's also one. What the? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, Look, think about how crazy this is. I never thought about this till this moment that <laughs> essentially society is using a word that if you don't know somebody, they're strange. Wow. I was the first time I ever actually contemplated that. Yeah, I, me too. I never connected being strange to a stranger. <laughs> but yeah, wow, that's that's interesting. My mind is blown right now. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go around talking to, uh, I don't know, maybe we should call them something different. They're just people, right? We're all one and... Friends. Friends. And, you know, that's what's something I do love about my husband is my husband has never met a stranger, meaning if you get an elevator with my husband by floor six, you will have his phone number. You guys are going to have lunch plans. <laughs> He's that person. He just connects and loves everybody. And uh, so it, it wasn't hard for him. But for me, it's a little bit more uh, a learning experience, I, something I'm growing into. And I do love it. And I love um, having met Steve and I was one of the six pack. I don't know if you know that, but we drove with Steve from, um, from Arizona to California and we spent probably a good 10 hours with him. Mm. And that was something that will leave a lasting impression on me mm. with his ability to really look at the world as his playground of friends in the playground and just loving people. We would be in the car on the freeway, you know, going super fast. And he's looking at people in other cars saying, Oh, look at that guy over there. Doesn't he look nice? I bet you they're going to have a really good day today. And look at that guy. I mean, he's just creating these stories in his mind about people in the cars, you know, on the freeway. And I just thought, wow, that's so, so fun to, to be able to look at life in that way, right? Instead of being annoyed at the traffic, you're creating these stories of like, wow, I bet you that guy's a really great husband to his wife. And look at those kids. You know, I bet you they're going to have a really wonderful day today. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the way I'm seeing it is most of us are just in our own story, thinking about our own story in that moment. And he's able, and he, he's intentionally putting the story on others, which is wonderful. I never really, I never really thought about it through that context. Um, Yeah. Something I just wanted to bring into this conversation because I think it's really beautiful is I want the listeners to just take a moment to observe how Judy and I are, are barely talking about being, and we're barely talking about the book of being, but what we are doing, and this is how the book has impacted me is the entire time. Our conversation has danced in and out of us reflecting and us sharing how we're being in different contexts and exploring that. And subconsciously, that's what the book has done. It's, it's, it's led to me seeing and communicating and focusing on these, on being in just a plethora of different contexts. And one thing that, that we, we, you, were, you were talking about earlier that I think would be interesting for us to, to share on is you were, you were talking about authenticity and where we are showing up authentically, where we're not. I'm curious, and I, I want to share as well, what's an area where you're currently 
or like you're currently discovering new authenticity. You're currently seeing where there isn't the ultimate authentic Judy. Yeah, I, I will tell you, it's definitely in my marriage. Mm. Like I shared with you before we started the podcast, we've been married 25 going on 26 years. It's a long time, right? And I'm just speaking for myself. It's easy to take things for granted or it's easy to get cynical and feel like, ah, that's how it's always been. It's not going to change. So you just live with it. You just get resigned to different things that may be, um, you know, not super optimum (laughs) in your marriage, in my marriage. And what I realized is that there is this programming for me to see the worst in very, um, how do I put this? In, in, In very subtle ways, right? So back to Disneyland, okay? So we were at Disneyland, we were in line, we're in line for an hour, we're hot, we're hungry. And I, my husband's trying to get my attention and I can't hear him. I'm like, he's like four people behind me and he's calling my name and I can't hear him because I'm probably talking to, you know, people in front of me. And next thing you know, he's tapping me on the back. He's like three little taps. No, no words, just three taps. And for me, that nonverbal communication of those three taps, my story right away was like, you're so rude you're so mean, you're so unloving, you're so harsh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if you guys can see Ross's face right now, his jaw is like dropped to the floor. I'm, I'm giving you an insight to uh, the mind of a woman, okay? <laughs> of a crazy woman. <laughs> and so I was able to stop myself and realize, wow, where did that story come from? From three little taps. <laughs> And so I even said this out loud. This is something that we're, we're working on and something that um, I was just being a little cheeky, a little sarcastic. But I said, honey, I looked at him. I said, I'm going to create a new story. I'm going to create a new story that you're tapping me because you want my attention, because you love me. You want to look in my eyes and you want to connect with me. And we just kind of laughed about it. And the rest of the weekend when I would get irritated about something or I had this story going on, I would say it out loud. I said, honey, I'm going to create a story that you said that in the nicest tone and that you're so kind and so loving, you know, and he was kind of annoyed by it, but we, we laughed about it. And by the end of that weekend, we were able to go and have a date and just him and I went to the beach. We were dreaming together you know, creating together. And it was such a beautiful connection that I haven't felt in a long time. And I think it was because I didn't allow those old stories, the programming, you know, like I said, 25, 26 years is a long time. How long has that been in there of this irritation and aggression? And you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, I'm coming to understand the challenges of intimacy and connection in romantic relationship. And I can imagine the resistance to doing that. The, the resistance to, I'm going to change my story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because when the story is built up for such a long time, there's like righteousness grows. And 
there's this guilty pleasure in that, in that moment of I'm right. And this is the story. And to change that over and over again is being courage. Wow. And you know what, who, who are we without our stories? And I think you're, you're exactly right on the spot is that our stories become our identity, right? So for me to let go of that story is me letting go of this identity that I have built up of usually, yes, I am right. (laughs) So I had to be willing to let that go and be willing to be vulnerable and put myself out there and you know, when you're vulnerable, when you put yourself out there, you have the risk of being hurt. I had the risk of saying that, hey, I'm going to create a new story that you love me that and he could have just said, F you. <laughs> I had that risk, right? But instead, me being open and, and letting my guard down allowed him to take one step closer to me. So by the end of the weekend, we kept doing this dance of, hey, we're going to create a new story together. By the end of the weekend, we had one of the best connection dates we've had in a long time. So when you strip away those stories, you do get closer. And I'm not just saying in a romantic, intimate relationship, but with our children, with coworkers, um, kids, you know, any anyone. Yeah, changing the way we view someone. Maybe one of life's most important and challenging realities, especially when you have 25 years have passed or especially when you've had parents forever, right? Right. (laughs) And I think what prevents people from doing it is the belief that it's not possible. What what also was coming up for me and what what I find interesting is what about a reality where instead of creating a different story, we don't create a story. And instead of creating, we're dropping. Ooh. Because part of me just just questions. Hey, it is definitely a better solution to go from a negative story, dropping it to then creating a better story. But in that process, am I am I actually becoming present, or am I living these past moments through the projections of my thoughts and stories? So as a possibility, instead of creating a new story, what if it was about dropping the story, coming into the present moment, and it's that very act that leads to the creation of a new story spontaneously and intuitively? That's beautiful. So let me, let me make that real with the real example that beautiful. just happened. I don't know if you know, but I lost my son, Jacob, in 2019. Uh, He was 18 years old. He died of an overdose. This is him right here. And um, it's obviously still extremely painful and changes you. You will never be the same, right? Um, I'm also a grief coach. And so one of the things that I teach is leaning into present moment grief. Toxic positivity will tell you, oh, don't be sad. At least you had him for however many years and Mm -hmm. he's in a better place and all these things that are maybe intellectually well-meaning that people say to you, but not helpful. 
right? <laughs> Actually, I mean, unless until you've been through it, you realize when you're trying to be um, comforting to someone, some of the things that are, are said is actually not very comforting. And so for me, like uh, what you're saying, instead of creating this new story, it's dropping into actually feeling the grief in that moment. So I was at the mall last night by myself because I had to get a birthday gift very last minute. You know, the mall's almost close, closing. I'm there by myself and I'm walking around and I'm seeing young adult males, you know, between 18, 20 years old, which is the age what my, my son, you know, was and would have been. And I had this overwhelming feeling of just gut punch, sadness, grief. And instead of looking away and trying to distract myself and create a new story or, you know, do something else, I sat with that feeling and I just allowed myself to really feel like, wow, he would have been that old. I miss him. <laughs> and that's okay to allow your to lean into it right so I think we don't do that enough because we're we don't want to go there because it's painful but I always say you've got to live wholeheartedly right we can't feel the joy to the you know optimum the you know the the full measure if you don't feel the grief in the full measure as well so I love what you're saying about why don't you just drop everything and then lean into what's really present. And I had that experience just last night and uh, it's beautiful, even though it's painful, it's beautiful, right? Because it's what reminds us that we're alive, that we're human, that, you know, pain is part of the circle. It's part of all the emotions. We can't say, oh, I just want to feel this, all the good stuff, but <laughs> let's put the pain aside over here so yeah the pain is the good stuff that gets us to the good stuff yeah I think that's where people misunderstand is I got to be present when I'm present that's where all joy happiness and freedom and expansion lies yes that's true and if grief is present that's what is present and that doesn't mean that happiness and joy is not existent. It just means it's underneath the grief. And by being with the grief, we love the grief and the grief moves on. And that's where that, that inner peace and that, that feeling that we actually want is. I thank you for feeling comfortable in my presence to share your story. I have no understanding or knowing of what it would be like to be in, in your shoes. And I just want to say, I could just witness it. And thank you. Thank you. I, um, yeah, I was thinking about this because recently I was going through the process of a conscious uncoupling, how society usually calls it breakup. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, this is actually so interesting. How many people will say, I'm sorry. And I'm like, but I just told you I'm feeling expansive. Then you say, I'm sorry. And now I'm like, wait, am I supposed to feel more sad? Right. And it's like, there's, 
that communication to me is saying sadness is a problem. I'm sorry you're experiencing it. Why are you sorry for my present sadness? Right, right. As opposed to saying, how beautiful. I want to celebrate you for going through a challenging experience and honor whatever you're feeling. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and I think that happens because we are ill-equipped and we don't know, right? Like me crying or grieving, people don't know what to do with that. So they say stupid things or, <laughs> or they say, I'm sorry, or, or what, just because they're not equipped. And I always say this is that responsibility is on the griever to share what they need, right? Mm-hmm. So what you just said is beautiful because, wow, if someone's going through a, a breakup or an unconscious uncoupling or, or conscious uncoupling, <laughs> okay, um, that that would be a great thing to say to them. Like, wow, that's so beautiful. That's so courageous. I love that you're leaning into that, you know, and, and what are you learning What's happening with that? How, how, how has that changed you? Yeah. And a, an important piece you, you said in my communication of this awareness, it's not me pointing the finger saying these people are doing ill harm intentionally. Intentionally, they mean only well. It's just so interesting because I'm like, the hardest part of all of this is dealing with everybody else that can't handle this moment of me sharing this, where I can't tell you the amount of times I had to console the person I told. Like I'm at a coffee shop with a human and we have a brief relationship where we see each other a couple of times in the coffee shop and I'm spending the next 20 minutes saying, no, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so I'm like This is ridiculous. Wow. That's funny. That's funny. Well, how are you doing, by the way, with with all that, with your relationship? And it's just it has been the most miraculous journey into myself. Mm. It's been one of the first times in my life where I've finally got to a place where I allow emotions to be present without having to understand them. So good. Sadness is there. And I'm just going to be sad and cry. Yeah. Why the hell do I need to understand why it's there? Right. Because in trying to understand, I'm saying, I don't know, I ain't going to be with this. Let me try to understand it, control it, figure it out. And I was laughing to myself. It's like people have, I don't know if people, but I imagine it's like, there's this expectation of, oh, I need to handle this really well. And I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, Ross, you're 29 years old. This is only the second time in your life you've ever done this experience before. There's no knowing how. Just allow it and be with it. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just hit the nail on the head. That is what being is all about. Not trying to understand it, not trying to analyze it, not trying to explain it, make it look pretty, (laughs) but it just is. That's the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. It's, this is why this podcast is special, is because <clears throat> I think more so than not, we, we learn about the other side of being, being present, being courage, 
being commitment, being joy, being love. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. It's the other stuff that is getting in the way of that. Yeah. So how important it is for us to emphasize that sadness, that grief, that shame, that guilt, all of those are also being. And the positive, the ones we want aren't better. It's just what you end up getting when you be all the other ones we don't want. Life is silly. That is gold right there, Ross. That's like, boom, mic drop. (laughs) That's exactly it, right? Because those aren't as sexy, right? The grief, the loss, the sadness, the the bad stuff that we want to cover up with the courage and the, you know, love and success and all these, these great things that we want to show. We don't want to show the other stuff. And so I love that you're creating this platform and allowing us today to be able to show like, okay, let's look underneath the hood. What's underneath there? You know, what are, what are the things that we don't want to talk about? And I think, you, like you said, that's just as important because that's how you do get to the good stuff. Do you have one? Is there something in your life that you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I just shared with you like my marriage stuff. Um, I am pretty much an open book. Like the, the, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that that's off limits with me. Mm. I share, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably an oversharer. <laughs> Uh, but you know, the, my marriage is, is a big one because, you know, somebody who's a coach and the public and I, you know, leader and influencer, whatever you want to call it, there is a certain expectation and perception that, oh, well, if you're going to lead people, then you have to have everything together. Right. I don't know where that came from, but there is this perception and, Actually, I think what makes me a really good leader is because I am not afraid to show you all my flaws. And because of that, it makes me more uh, trusted. (laughs) People feel safe with me. People feel like they can tell me anything because I'm willing to go there. And so, you know, uh, Eric and I are working on our, our marriage. We, you know, we're very proactive about really um, creating deeper intimacy and connection. And, uh, and we're going to London together, which is amazing. And we're taking a couple days to go to Paris. And, um, and that's just him and I and connecting and, and just um, growing in our marriage. So if anything right now that, that I feel is, um, I'm not sad about it because I, I think it's great. We're in in an area, a time in our marriage where we're both working on it and it's growing, but it's definitely something in the past that I would have um, not wanted to talk about because it wasn't picture perfect. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's funny you use that word because I'm like, to me, it seems picture perfect. (laughs) What if if that is what, ooh, Judy, are you down to create a new story with me? (laughs) What, what What is the story of picture perfect? Picture perfect is the marriage where two people are devoted and committed to each other and are constantly exploring their cultivation of intimacy and connection and love. What if if, if you are the picture perfect marriage right now, if that was your story? You're absolutely right. 
because we both are committed to growing and doing whatever it takes to grow, whether it's coaching, whether it's retreats or, you know, and we've always had that in our marriage. So you're absolutely right. It's switching that story of, of wow, how lucky, how lucky am I that I have a spouse that wants to grow with me, that's willing to put in the work, that's open to doing that. So thank you for shifting that for me because you're right. That is picture perfect, right? I, I just got done telling you earlier that perfect in a sense is boring. <laughs> if him and I were married 25 years and we never fought and we everything was great and we never went through anything, that would be boring, right? But man, we would be been... able to lead because you would have nobody to relate. Nobody could relate to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we've been through hell and back together. And, and the fact, you know, one of the, um, the statistics of, of couples losing a child staying together is very, very small, like mm-hmm. 20% of the couples that lose someone, a child stay together. And, you know, and we fought for that. We fought for really staying true to, to one another and allowing each other to grieve in a way that was um, true to them, mm. right? Not making the other person do something because, well, I'm doing it this way, you've got to do it this way or vice versa. And so we're coming out of that, you know, that's mm. almost three years ago that we lost our son. So, so you're right. Thank you for that shift because I, I received that and I'm going to take that with me. There was, a, there was a line I heard a while back that really just gave me a beautiful perspective shift. Being that we're both in work of service and guiding and coaching and leading. There was this part I was like, why why do I experience so many life challenges? (laughs) Like, I'm like, every single area of my life is testing at different points in my life. Why, why, when do I get a break? And then I heard this line of, if, if, if you're actually devoted to leading and to guiding and to impacting, the more challenges that you experience in life, the more equipped you are to be a powerful leader. Yes. And that right there gave me everything. I was like, oh, I, oh, I want this because I want this. So the more I have that, the more I am that. And it was just, it was just really helpful. Right. Right. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I'm quite a bit older than you and I've had way more life experience. So I can attest to those challenges are not going to be wasted. They are all for a purpose and for a reason, right? Uh, My husband says this often and, and I love it. It's a great picture of stewarding our suffering. How are you stewarding your suffering? Mm. And I love that because, you know, if we look at suffering in in a sense of, wow, this is, it's really a gift. Suffering is a gift of how can I steward the suffering well, so that I can be an example, I can be a lighthouse, I can be an anchor, I can be a confidant, right, for Mm. other people who are going to go through the same human experience. There's nothing under the sun that is going to be brand new, <laughs> right? When you look at the, the depth of 
the foundation of what we're all going to feel, it's all the same. Doesn't matter how rich, how many millions you have versus, you know, how, how sick you are, how healthy you are. At the end of the day, when you peel it all off, the foundation of our emotions are, are a great equalizer. Mm. There's no new emotion that's going to come out that's, oh, wow, this is brand new. Nobody knows about this one. <laughs> it's all something that we can relate to. So I appreciate that perspective. That's really good. And yeah. Judy, with our time coming to a close, is there any last things you'd want to share? And what's a great way for people to discover more about you? Uh, just my website, judythurston.com. And that's a great way to reach me. And I, I just love this conversation today. I love that we explored the, um, I want to say, I don't know if this is correct, but the darker parts of being, I, I don't think we explore that enough. So I'm really glad that we went there and I, I'm glad that we didn't rehearse anything or pre prepare anything. And we just allowed ourselves to be and just go there. So I appreciate you um, just being you and, and leading the way in, in this conversation and just getting to know you. And I already just adore you so much, even though I've been stalking you and watching your videos <laughs> already. So I feel like I know you, but um, it's just been a pleasure. I learned a lot today and definitely going to take that with me. And if anything I can leave is just continue to be authentic allow your inside to match your outside. So that's a good gauge for me. You know, if I'm being something outside and it's not matching what's really happening in my, my soul and my heart, then that's a good heart check for me to say, Hmm, let's, let's clean this up. Let's really be completely open and unfiltered and see what happens. See what kind of magic we, we can create when we're coming from that place. Judy, I had a lot of fun with you today. And now I need to end the podcast by saying something. And this is new to me. So I'm like, what do I, how do I end these things? So everybody, whoever listened, thank you so much. You made it all the way to the end. And don't miss out on the next one coming out on Thursday. Lots of love. Peace out. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be used.